Welcome to Beauty and the Ghee, the podcast about jujitsu and life. I am Jen Eads, a white belt full of curiosity and questions about all things jujitsu. And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jujitsu purple belt obsessed with jujitsu. And we have a special guest in the studio. I'm so excited, live and in person. My best friend, Risser. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Also a purple belt. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Also a little obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> Who else would you want on this podcast? <laughs> right. And today is our 100th episode. Can you believe we've made 100 podcast episodes? Oh, that's so awesome. That's awesome. And people are listening and our, our download numbers are even still going up. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. And I looked, I got an email yesterday. I believe we were um, number 74 on the wrestling charts. Great. <laughs> My strong wrestling background. Right. <laughs> We teach a takedown class. We do. We're basically wrestlers. <laughs> basically. <laughs> what are we talking about today, AJ? We are talking about how to build a women's team, either from scratch or how to actually like ramp up or um, grow your women's team. Why does one even need a women's team? I mean, I love it. That's the main <laughs> reason. <laughs> Gave me like, I get more training time in, you know, it helps to, you know, when I teach things, I get better at it in general. But no, from a community standpoint, we've brought in way more women because of having a women's team, because of offering them that class, you know, that's specifically geared towards them. Mm-hmm. They feel they feel more safe in the women's only class to start with. Why is that? I think we create kind of a safe space for them. Like I am someone who started in the women's class and probably never would have started without a women's class. Um, so I think it just gives we're we're kind of on another mat sometimes, I guess l- lately we've been switching mats, but it gives them kind of our own space where there are no men around. There's nobody really watching. It's a smaller class, too. Mm-hmm. You know, our our regular co-ed classes are pretty big. Sometimes it can be kind of intimidating. So I think it creates a nice safe space for them. Yeah. And, you know, some people come in from different backgrounds, different issues and everything. So you know, like the thought or the idea of training with men is scary. So just having that, like, you're just going to be with us. You don't have to worry about it. Like she said, it's a safe space. And, you know, the community is built very quickly with that too. Like it's because it's a smaller class, you're able to kind of make friends in class and not just feel lost. Yeah. How do you set classes up then to support women that have experienced some kind of trauma? I think an important thing to know first is that we do a free private lesson with everyone when they first come in. So like that's their first experience with us is a private lesson. The best part about that is it gives me a chance to get to know them better and see why they're there. What are their interests? And they may not share with me in that time, but they're more likely to because it's just the two of us. Um, And the intro I teach is very self-defense based. So I'm telling them, you know, this is the position that you would probably be in in a sexual assault. And these are the moves I'm going to show you. But yes, they work from a self-defense aspect, but they are exactly the moves I'm using in jujitsu. Like this might be part of my competition game plan. Um, So I'm making it normal that jujitsu is self-defense. I think that to start with really, really helps. And then letting them know that it's their journey. This is a very important part. Risser's always like, even talking to the kids about like consent, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that consent is really important in all parts of life, but jujitsu gives us a good way to talk about it, especially to little girls, teenagers, and women in general. You mm-hmm. know, like um, lots of times women feel like they can't say no, uh, particularly in jujitsu where it's, you know, somebody asks you to roll, you can say no at any time. And that doesn't apply to women only, that's everyone. So that's something that we try to hit hard. First, just teaching them how to tap, you know, tap is an instant no, it's get off me, it's end this thing, whatever it is. Um, so we try to do that. And, you know, we've had, I, th- I remember at camp, some, you know, two girls were kind of rolling around playing during the party, and there was a kid that was sort of jumping on top of them. And it's like, hey, you know, like, they're having fun and they consented into this rolling agreement. You know, like they didn't agree to have you jump on their back. You know, that's not safe. That's not okay. We can't do that. Uh, You know, like just little things like that teach them, you know, you're in control. I think another thing we do is we always try to pair new people with more experienced people. Um, So that gives them sort of a, someone who knows what they're doing. They know how to move. They know how to not be too heavy um, and kind of, you know, I try to read the person when I'm drilling with them. I've drilled with people who were legitimately just crying, just tears streaming. And they're like, I'm okay. I'm just working through it. Just keep going, you yeah. know? So yeah. I think you have to kind of tailor it to the person and just be communicative with them. When I do our intros, I'll um, ask them, is, the, is there any position you're uncomfortable with? Is there anything I need to know or you'd like me to know? Uh, just try to give them that space if yeah. they need it. Yeah. And talking about like them being able to say no to roles. I'm like, you can even like, you can tell me no, like you never have to roll with anyone you don't want to. And that includes any of the females, any of the coaches, it doesn't matter. If you're not comfortable rolling with somebody, you say no. And then I do give them ways to say no, if they're not comfortable immediately. I was like, absolutely. I would prefer for you to just say, no, thank you. Uh (laughs) But not everyone's comfortable with that. And so I tell them, you know, like some ways to do it is like, I'm sitting out this round or I have to go to the bathroom. But my favorite way is like, if you and I are rolling, I know like, Rister, I've got you next round. And then, so my dance card stays full. So then I don't have to even have the opportunity to have to address that if I'm, if I have trouble with that comfort level. Yeah. They can always grab one of us or make one of us roll with that person or something like that. We try to give that opportunity. You know, that makes us check ourselves sometimes too, because sometimes somebody doesn't want to roll with us. And we're like, that person didn't want to roll with us. And like, you're kind of offended, but it's like, that's a good reminder of like, everybody gets to say no. However, to our girls that are listening, that doesn't give you a reason to not roll just because you don't want to get your butt beat. <laughs> so that's not, right. that's it's not, not a- licensed to be lazy. <laughs> yes. I'm going to still armbar you. <laughs> But if you're genuinely uncomfortable, you get to say no. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Like sometimes the women are, most of the time, I would say most of the time, the women are more comfortable if they have um, assault in their background to be in the women's only classes. Once I was traveling, I was in a different state teaching self-defense and jujitsu. And I had a girl get very upset. And later I talked to her and she said, I do fine in jujitsu. But when we actually talk about the like, thought process of like, this is uh-huh. an assault position, that's when I start to panic. And so it was interesting, like a lot of times we don't think about it in the reverse like that, like right. she'd been doing jujitsu forever. And so, you know, the individual person is very important and she had never told her coach about that. So, you know, having that open line of communication and making sure that your women know, like you can always come to me and talk to me. Yeah, there's no one-size-fits-all solution. I think you just have to let them know that they can come to you and that you'll accommodate whatever they need. How long were you training, Rissa, before you decided to go to the co-ed class? I'm not really sure. Uh, I think it was like a year or two where I had like dabbled in women's class, like barely dabbled. Like, mm-hmm. 
Once or twice a year, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Just AJ dragging me after, like, a women's workout class. Uh, But I don't know. I mean, maybe several months. Yeah. I don't have any real recollection of that. Do you? I don't know. And that's, it's funny. Some people will jump right into, like, we'll talk them into coming to the co-ed class directly from their first women's only class. (laughs) (laughs) And then sometimes, like, women will do you know, six months or so of just the women's class before they feel comfortable being in the co-ed class. Yeah. To go back to why you need a women's team, you need women to train with. If you're going to compete, you need women to train with. Women move differently than men. Men, they hold their strength in their upper body. And any of us who have rolled with a man know it's different. It's just different. If you've got arm locks in your game, doing that on men is sometimes very difficult, very challenging. So, I mean, women move differently. Their strength is held differently. Um, So just even from a selfish perspective, you need women to train with. So building a women's team can help you be a better competitor, in my opinion. What do you think about the view that there shouldn't be women's only classes? I think that comes from a couple different places. One people tend to think that having a women's only class is male hating, Uh right? And I tell our guys at the school, I'm like, you can absolutely start a men's only class just so long as it's not anti-female. Yeah. Because our women's only class is absolutely not anti-male. We do it for the safe space for women. So I think that's one argument that people have a lot is that it's like against men and it's not. Another thing is that they think that it's going to be like too easy of a class or, you know, that people won't stick around. So like that it's always beginners. Right. And it doesn't have to be that way. It should be a class that all of your female rank is in. I don't think I've ever been to a frou-frou class, (laughs) a women's class. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also like Emily Kwok was saying, like she got rid of her women's only classes because she wanted to normalize women in Mm jujitsu. Right. Totally get that. Our women's only classes have normalized women in jujitsu at our school. Don't you think? Like, Yeah, because we're all together already and we're just like, come to the next class with us. You can be my partner. It's fine. And we just take that whole group and we stay for regular <laughs> class. Yeah. And then sometimes regular class is 50% female. Oh, wow. So it's we've because of our women's team, we've made it very normal for the dudes that there are a lot of women in class. Our competition team is probably more than 50% women. Yep. Really? How yep. does that happen? We compete a lot. And <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we lead from the front. There we like go. competing. Um, we talk about competition a lot. And they want to be a part of it, right? Like they yeah. want to be a part of something. And so it's fun to um, prepare together and win and lose together. Winning together is more fun than losing together. Way more fun. <laughs> Way more really fun. Really good time. <laughs> Highly recommend. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> now we're all, well, several of us are working on getting stronger together. Um, so, you know, because Rissa and I had done the program with Jess before, um, we were really encouraging a lot of the women to work with Jess. And I think at least six of the women have specifically started a program with Jess aside from us. Oh, wow. And then a couple other girls have started other programs. So as a women's team, we're starting to work on getting stronger together, which is fun because we each come in like, man, that workout today. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> How do you keep everyone being supportive of, of each other rather than like just turning class into a competition? I think it's kind of about the dialogue that we engage in as leaders. Uh, we try really hard to be 
positive and reinforcing, encouraging. Um, you know, our role model motto, I guess, is not your competition. And that's kind of what we try to establish in our classes, you know. Someone else getting their blue belt doesn't take away from you being close to your blue, blue belt or being good. You know, like we can both be good. It's not right. just one or the other. So I think that's sort of the dialogue that we try to make happen. I mean, I think that's very accurate. Just the not your competition, right? Like yeah. we're not competing with each other. We're all on our own journeys. Like it's all going to look very different and just to to support each other. And that sometimes is like nipping in the bud, like people, you know, starting to talk trash or something. You're like, I'm not, I'm not participating in that. I'm not, you know, and, and that helps. So it also helps that we have a lot of, you know, grown women, right? so, you know, like, and, and people think that women can be very catty or whatever. And typically that's not the case. Like um, the people that do have that type of mentality or characteristic just don't last with us. Yeah, that's true. I think another part of it is community too. You know, you're much less likely to talk crap about your friend than right. someone you don't know. So we try hard to kind of build a community, build friends, Sometimes that bites us in the butt because they talk through class. Um, <laughs> but it's really nice to have them, you know, all be friendly. Right. And- How do you foster that sense of community off the mat? Several ways. So um, I think one of the things that have, has done best for us is our Snapchat group. So wait, Snapchat? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm Gen X. <laughs> Same. What, you, what do you kids do on that? We share a lot of dog pictures. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, it really, it's just given us a good way to, to communicate off the mat. So we're talking about, you know, I don't know what we're doing that night or our dogs or, you know, just having that like constant dialogue going, Mm -hmm. um, when new people come in, if they're joining the team, I instantly am like, do you have Snapchat? Do you want me to add you to the women's group? Um, we recently added Abby in and like, Instantly, she was friends with everyone. Just that communication in the Snapchat group just made her feel comfortable, made her feel like she has friends. So like she was nervous about coming into the school. It's very intimidating sometimes to come from a place without a lot of women to a place with a lot. You know, like it can be scary. So she was intimidated to start. And when we put her in the Snapchat group (laughs) and all just started talking and she could see how silly we all were and all that, it made her way more comfortable. So that's one of the things we do. Yeah, I think that's been really important. And it doesn't have to be Snapchat. You know, it could be anything. It could be a group text or something. But, you know, as women, we roll deep even to classes. So, like, we've kind of built a group that goes to wrestling on Friday nights. uh, And we'll post in the Snapchat group, hey, you know, we're going to these classes. You guys should come if you're free or, you know, that kind of thing. So it even just gives us a way to let them know when we're going and, you know, they know, okay, I'll at least have one female partner there. You know, sometimes it's very intimidating to go to a class. Like wrestling is typically male dominated unless we're there. Yeah. Right. So it it gives them a space to know, you know, when are we going? When can we connect? That kind of thing. Nice. We've also, uh, we try to do like group outings. Recently we, we were at AJ's doing something. Oh, we were watching fights, right? Yeah. Like, Fight to win, maybe, I think, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so we get together, we watch fights, we have done karaoke before, we'll get dinner, uh, just some kind of activity. We have, like, a Christmas party that's coming up uh, where we do sort of, like, a white elephant kind of exchange. Just, you know, little activities throughout the year where we can kind of know each other off the mat a little bit. What, and some of our people are doing D&D. That's not all women, but. Yeah. Yeah. Really? So we started a D&D group, yeah. Yeah, which has made a lot of them, you know, closer in that aspect. So, yeah, which is yeah. awesome to see. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, friends, let's take some questions from the interwebs and the Women's Grappling Network Facebook group. The first one that we're going to talk about is Kathleen Johnson. She had a question about format. Yeah. So I'll just tell you how we structure it. It's worked pretty well for us. We start with a five-minute warm-up. I typically have one of the like middle rank girls <laughs> um, put the warm-ups on the board. So, you know, a new blue belt or something will write them up there. Um, and so then they're in charge. We just put five minutes on the clock and they do the warm-ups, read them straight down the row and go. And then the higher rank girls are helping new girls through that. So not everyone's at the same pace, but if you're quick at warming up, you get through it, you go back to the top of the list, you keep going. Uh, a lot of times we do grip fighting after that, hit the line, we teach a move, we drill the move, typically two to three moves. Then we like to do some positional sparring after that based on the move that we are doing. Um, so if we're working stuff from guard, we'll do some like one minute drills from guard and then we try to get in some live rolling. So that's a lot in an hour. Yeah. Wish we had an hour and a half for the women's <laughs> classes. Um, but we we get through it pretty well and still make sure that they have enough time to drill. If we skip anything, it's probably typically the positional sparring and go right into a couple rounds of rolling um, because we want to make sure they get in like live stuff every class. Yeah. And our warm-ups are um, sort of a mix of like dynamic stretching and shrimping and basic movements. So like r forward rolls, backward rolls, yeah, et cetera, forward shrimping, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's funny because like the co-ed classes often don't warm up. <laughs> they do if I'm in charge, but unless I'm in charge, a lot of times they don't. Um, so when I'm in charge, like we'll do different um, like sit throughs and S walks and stuff. And the guys are just <laughs> lost. And the women are like, we'll go first. We'll show you how to do it. We'll, help you. <laughs> we'll guide you through. I that is one it. thing that I love about our women is they'll help the men too. You know, yeah. they just, they're helpers and they'll show the men just as easily as they'll show the women. Which is really nice. Like they're not intimidated by it. You know, like they're, they're like, we know this, you don't, we'll help you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. One thing that's important to kind of talk about format is to make sure that you teach the same great class no matter how many people you have. So like we moved to the bigger map um, because there's typically 18 to 20 of us in class. So that was more space for us. We needed it. But I would teach the same class for two people that I would for 20. And I think that's really important because I think a lot of times we would get in our head and be like, oh, nobody's here. Like, you know, what should we work on because it's just yeah. one person or whatever, instead of being like, this is what we're learning tonight. So having a plan ahead of time, knowing what you're going to teach every day, we talk about what are we teaching tonight um, or what are we teaching this week? What are we going over? You know, we have that discussion constantly and that's what we're going over no matter who's in class. A lot of times we will kind of pick what we're doing because we know a couple people really need to work on it. And then that person won't show up. <laughs> well, most of the time. Every time almost. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if, we, if we're specific, like we're going to work on this for Kelly or we're going to work on this for Andrea, that person's not in class. <laughs> um, but that's still what we do. Like we're working on that because that's what we've planned. So I think that's a really important thing to note about format is that it's the same great class no matter how many people are on the map. And don't feel like you have to teach too many things. You know, we've been to classes where they feel like they have to teach like seven moves and 40 minutes. Oh my you know? God, that makes my head mm -mm, It's awful. crazy. It's way too much, especially <laughs> too when much. you have new people in. Yeah. Uh, you know, two, maybe three moves. 
I think it's really great to teach moves that go together. Uh, so like the other day we taught sit up sweep or hip bump sweep to Kimura to straight arm bar to back take. So those things all go together very smoothly and they can practice the beginning. You know, they can practice each thing every single time. Um, and I, we've gotten some good feedback on that. And, you know, sometimes you just you don't teach what you thought you were going to teach. Like yesterday, we reviewed what we did last week and it took us long enough that we just moved on to positional stuff or to rolling because sometimes you just don't have time. So live and die by the clock probably would be my yeah. recommendation. Sometimes yeah, you just say, oh, we'll teach this next week. Yeah, we're very big on like, that's why it's five minute warm ups. And then if we're doing grip fighting, it's five minutes of grip fighting. And we're very like, it is live and die by the clock because that's the only way you're going to be able to get through and make sure you have time for live rolling at the end. How does that shift? Does that format shift at all heading into competition? It's like we mind melted on that. I was just <laughs> thinking that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does, definitely. Sometimes we talk about specific things that our girls all need to work on, like escaping from mount, you know, going into kind of that half guard position. Uh, Fuji, a couple months ago, a lot of our girls were just getting scored on again and again and again by trapping that leg and then just getting passed again. So we spent some time working on that post-competition because they were all competing again in the next month. So we might be working on something that they need to work on. We might be saying, run your game plan. You know, the week of competition, yeah. we're just running their game plans. Or we're doing very specific sparring, you know, and telling them not to hurt each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes we're maybe not necessarily learning as much new stuff. Like we might do some Q&A um, in case they have specific questions that will help them with competition. But we're trying to do more live stuff, more bad position drills, getting out of arm bars or getting out of triangle chokes or whatever so that they're prepared for competition. Cherry Daves asks, how do you get women in the door? That comes from a lot of different ways. I will say to an extent, it's a little bit harder in current life. Right. <laughs> um, typically, one of the main ways that we bring people in is being very present on social media. So, you know, making posts, showing us training together, showing that we are all different types of women, that we are, you know, the 11-year-old girl to the 64-year-old woman, and we do all kinds of different things. And so being very, you know, be being very out there and letting people see that they can see themselves represented in one of us. I also, you know, like I do self-defense seminars. With those self-defense seminars, I offer our free month. So that's one thing our school offers a free 30-day trial. That is very hard to pass up on. It's yeah. 30 days for free, no obligation. You yourself said, you know, like you probably wouldn't have done it right. with if it weren't for a month free. Like yeah. that's a good amount of time to know if you want to continue. Because I think you've got to work through it yeah. and, go, and go try some different classes and find the one. Because maybe the women's class isn't even like, you're like, I don't think this is the class for me. Yeah. So being able to have that trial time is very helpful. You know, I do a lot of other little things. I send out emails and that kind of stuff. But I think from a standpoint of whether you're like a school owner or just um, a woman starting the class, being present and engaging with people and then encouraging your girls to bring in other people, you know, like have them bring a friend or have them, you know, do a, do a night where even if it's just a gathering outside of jujitsu, 
that they bring a friend to that. So then if you're in our community, we are pushers. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, like we used to, one thing that brought in new women is we had a boot camp class. So it was a workout class and half of the class was jujitsu girls. And then the other half was just people coming in to work out. And that was a good feeder system oh, yeah. because the jujitsu girls were constantly like, why not you do jujitsu? Uh. <laughs> um, same thing kind of with our kickboxing class. People come in for kickboxing all the time that never do a kickboxing class. Because <laughs> AJ's a pusher. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anne's a great example. I'm not sure she's ever taken a kickboxing class, but that's, she came in to do kickboxing and we were like, mm, that's not what you want, girl. You want to be with us. <laughs> Another good one is kids class. You know, if moms are there with their kids, send them over. Yeah. We used to take a lot from the kids class. Yeah. A lot of moms. Yeah. I mean, we kind of set up like our our classes to be around the same time so that we could be, you know, bringing them in. Like, hey, when are you going to try class? Like, and being able to say the things like, I'll do a free private lesson with you. Like, it'll make you more comfortable. You can just do the women's classes. We're not going to beat you up. That's a big thing. Like yeah. a lot of times telling people face to face, especially the moms, like nobody's going to beat you up. Like we're here to help you. Um, that's super helpful. Yeah. Nobody wants to get beat up. Yeah. They I don't mean, like not right off the bat. Now right. I don't feel like I've really done jujitsu unless I didn't get beat up. Yeah. Unless you got beat up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Because how long did you have to work on Risser? To get her to come? Depends on how you start the timeline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From the day we met or the day I started boot camp or <laughs> when we started really being friends. I don't know where you start that, but it took a while. A while is the right answer. No matter where, <laughs> no matter where, where it you starts. started. Yeah. What was your biggest hesitation? I just didn't want to do it. I was lazy. I didn't really work out. <laughs> it looked sweaty and I didn't like it. Uh, I started powerlifting with one of the women that did jujitsu, and they slowly just like pulled me in. It's what they do. Yeah, pushers. Yeah, yeah. pushers. And when pullers. did it finally <laughs> switch for you? When you were like, "Oh, I do like this." Um, <laughs> it probably switched for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's now. I honestly, hope so. It, so I typically count my like time in jujitsu from the day I like put a gi on, basically, mm-hmm. because I really didn't do much before that point. So probably like. A few months after that day, uh-huh. I would say, because that's when I started really like going to class regularly, like a couple times a week and that kind of thing. So it probably took me like three to six months to actually like want to do it other than just hang out with H.A. <laughs> Community. It's a big part of it. Right. <laughs> really like, you me there in. you go. Yeah. I wanted to hang out with her and she was like, you know where to find me. Yep, this is where I am. <laughs> if you want to be friends, if that's, this Here is where are. I am. <laughs> We had a question from Kayla Greer that came up in the group. How do you get women to come to women's class that think it might be a little too frou-frou for them? Okay, so I I get this because I think this was my mistake to begin with. And this kind of like goes with like having Risser come in to begin with. I didn't want to scare her away. So I was very new to teaching as well. Um, I was a baby blue when I started the women's class. Um, like probably started immediately after getting my blue belt. And so whenever she was there, I would be very easy because I didn't want to scare her away. I wanted her to want to do it and not be too tough on her. Um, and I'll never forget, like, the first time we did, like, stuff from Mount or Mount Escapes, um, the first time, like, it was, like, a good, hard class. She was like, that was great. Like, I liked that. And I was like, gosh, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, coming at this all wrong. Since then, I don't think there's ever been a fruit for class. <laughs> we definitely talk more. We laugh a lot more. We play ridiculous music. 
I was absolutely playing Christmas music in class last night. I'm all for um, that. <laughs> I have a great Christmas playlist. We um, sing while we roll. We sing while we roll. Yeah. But we work our tails off. There's, we're, we're, we're not frou-frou. We're definitely, and that's why more of our women compete than our guys. Yeah. We're, it's, I think it's back to like leading from the front. Rissa and I are not frou-frou. We're not going to run a frou-frou class. Can you imagine Rachel <laughs> no. Casillas running a frou-frou class? <laughs> I would pay good money just to just see to what see that it. would be yeah. like. <laughs> I'm not even sure, you know, doing jujitsu, what you could even make it. Like how you could make it frou-frou unless you're like wearing a dress. I don't know. And I've choked then. somebody with a dress. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With some tool. Yeah. Some. That was scratchy. But it was scratchy. <laughs> Um, but, you know, we have women that don't do our women's class. Um, that can be tough, partially because, you know, personally, we want all of our women to do our class. But frankly, I mean, the time might not be for everyone. It might be just be a time issue or maybe they just they don't vibe with it. You know, it, it, we're not for everybody. Um, so perhaps the people that think women are too frou-frou or the women's class is too frou-frou, they're just not your people. That's, you know, they can enjoy the regular class just fine and that's OK. But I think you can build your tribe in your women's class. Yeah. I think that it is hard sometimes with the women who don't attend women's class because it's harder for them to integrate in with the other women mm -hmm. because we do bond so much. We spend hours additional on the mat together every week. Yeah, So it is a little bit harder for those women to integrate. We always still try to keep them involved and engaged, but you know, we want them if possible to come to the women's class to bond a little further. But yeah, I think sometimes they think that the women's class will be too easy and they want to just roll with the guys. And like um, I've you know read a lot online about people saying they don't want to do women's classes because they don't get any hard rounds or whatever. Like, well, then come in and be the hard rounds. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you know, fix be the change you wish to see in the right. world. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. You help make the change. So we get some tough rounds in women's class for sure. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's why, you know, like all of our rank comes to women's class. You know, like it's not just, I think a lot of people have problems with that where it's just the brand new white belts and, you know, the higher rank people aren't coming, but all of our rank are, are attending classes. So that's yeah. very helpful. I think it's the rank's duty to attend though. You know, like somebody put time into you and you owe that back right. into your community, you know, like they can't grow. It's a team sport. You might compete individually, but we need each other. We need each other as a drilling partner. We need each other for knowledge. And, you know, we couldn't do what we do without having rank in class. You know, we pair up new people with more experienced people and it helps the class go so much smoother. Yeah. And teaching something helps you become better. Yeah. So there are really no downsides, in my opinion. Like, I think rank that doesn't show up for their women's class, unless they absolutely can't, I don't, I don't think there's any excuse. I agree. I agree. And we've talked about it on, like, previous podcasts but, you know, like we expect a lot of our blue belts mm -hmm. because a female blue belt at our school is expected to be a leader. You know, the guys can kind of get away with just being a blue belt and just blending in with the crowd. But the female blue belts are expected to be a leader. So, you know, like until you can show me leadership skills as a white belt, you're not going to have that blue on you. Yeah. That's no shade to our blue belts, though. We've got yeah. a lot of really great blue belt men Absolutely. that are oh, good yeah. leaders, too. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But we but expect it more of the women. Right. Uh, the men kind of get to elect themselves generally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then as they start to progress, like that, you know, we expect the purple belt guys to be more leaders. Like yeah. it kind of because, you know, our highest rank, we're purple belts. Right. So like um, 
you know, you have to be a leader sooner as a female, but the guys, there's brown and black belts. So you can kind of get away with not being a leader. But yeah, we do have some great leaders as white and blue belts from the guys. So if somebody wants to start a program, how do they go about doing that if they're not the owner of the school? So, I mean, I guess first they need the approval of the owner. That's a good place to (laughs) start. You know, make sure that it's something that their coach is comfortable with. Um, But don't be afraid to start at Blue Belt. Like I said, it was right after I started. And I did have some imposter syndrome, right? Like, who am I to teach? (laughs) I'm just a Blue Belt. And I questioned, like, should it be James? James was already a Black Belt, many years in a Black Belt. Should he be the one to teach? And I just kept coming back to, I think the women want a woman. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I still to this day, seven years later, believe that's true. I think that we want a female as our leader. Um, So don't be afraid to start at Blue. Forever, we were the only female only classes in Indiana that I'm aware of. Recently, two of our Blue Belt friends have started classes. So Brooke started a women's only class at Browns. And then just recently, Krista started one. So, and they're both blue belts. So Brooke just got her purple belt, but she did start it at blue. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, don't be afraid to start even at a a low rank. They just want somebody, even if you don't feel like you know a lot, come in and, you know, teach good warmups, teach the basics, teach what you know. So obviously then you have to find the time and the space sometime when the mat is open. We're very fortunate because we have two mats. Mm -hmm. So it was easy for us to find that time. But like, Rachel started her women's class on a Sunday because that's when they had mat space available. And it's huge. It's huge. She's got an amazing women's team and 50 million purple belts. And and they're in the Bible belt and it's Sunday, you know, yeah. they go to church and then they go to jujitsu. <laughs> that's exactly. Yep. Yep. They all go to church in the morning and then they all go to jujitsu <laughs> afterwards. So yeah, it works out great. And they have a ton of moms on their team. And, you know, so it's just finding a time and a space that's right for you. Yeah. And I think it's, Part, it's important to not get uh, discouraged. You know, like there were definitely classes where it was just AJ and I for forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd have like a person or two, but I mean, th- they were inconsistent. And so, you know, we we liked jujitsu and we liked training together. So that, that was nice that we had each other. Um, but I think that you can't get discouraged. You know, we, we have 18 to 20 in a class, but we've been building this class for as long as I've been training, like five, six, seven years. Yeah. So don't get discouraged. They will come. Okay, let's do on and off the mat tips. AJ, you've got on the mat. What is it? So I think um, on the mat standpoint is, you know, kind of adopt the white belt. We we appreciate that as a white belt. (laughs) I can say that. Even honestly, like, you know, you have a couple stripes under your belt, like you should be adopting a new white belt, right? Like just helping the new people coming in. when you see a new person on the mat, you go up and introduce yourself. Like, I think that's an important part, like making sure that they don't feel alone. I had a girl come in, you know, last week, she was very nervous. She was sitting way off to the side while all the rest of the girls are in a circle. And, you know, Andrea went over and was like, come be with us to be in the circle. (laughs) Um, So, you know, just making sure that you help everyone else feel welcome and really build the community on the mat. All right. And Risser, off the mat? I think our off the mat tip has to be just try to build a community off the mat. So Snapchat group, text group, make a make an event, make a party, spend time together, bond together. And there you have it. How to build your women's team. AJ, tell us about our sponsor. 
This episode of Beauty and the Ghee is brought to you by The Fight Hub. So I would highly recommend that you get on The Fight Hub and check out the instructionals. There's some really great instructionals that you can like buy the physical DVD or get a download or stream. I tend to stream it because I have a lot of instructionals and streaming's the best way to go. Um, I'd highly recommend the Overhook DVD. So our instructional, it's hard not to say DVD. But yeah, so Christians. Oh yeah, Christians got some really great ones on there. Christian, so, Christian like, Wood Monzi. Okay. Yep. Yep. So those are my recommendations. Overhook from James or any any of Christian stuff. As we come into Christmas, maybe the favorite things. Jen, where can we find you? Oh, well, I'm always hanging out on Instagram at Brassy Broad Jen. And you can find me with AJ at Beauty and the Gee Podcast on Instagram. And I'm AJ Klingerman everywhere you look. And we're also on Facebook, the Beauty and the Gee Gang. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of new. Uh, we have gang I'm, members I meant to ask recently. We're going to haze them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, find us on Facebook and hang out with us there. Ask questions there. Yeah. Send us DMs with questions and we'll answer them and give you a shout out. Where can we find you? <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> You're not going to post. So. I don't post on social media. You can find me on Facebook. My name on Facebook is Jennifer Risser Guthrie because my name is actually Jennifer Guthrie, but you can just call me Risser. I forget that you have a first name. <laughs> and a last name that right. is not Risser. <laughs> I should tell the story about what happened to me the other you day. You should. So I've been like cleaning and purging and stuff as part of my like turning 41. And I found her graduation program. And I was like, oh, I want to find her name. So I'm like flipping through. I find Kelly. I find my friend Blaine. And I was like, well, her name wasn't Guthrie then. What was her last name then? And I was like, I'm sure I'll recognize it when I see it. And I'm just flipping, flipping for entirely too long. <laughs> and then I was like, crap. Because <laughs> to me, that's her name. Like right. I didn't even. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. All right, friends, and we will see you on the mat. mat.